We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith, and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says. Promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co-host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random Acts of Podcast on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Solo pod today, guys. Uh, my co-hosts were all busy, and I wanted to make sure that we kept up with you guys as far as getting our podcast out there every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So no Justin, no Kamiar, no Taylor, no Nick with me today. You've just got Jacob on another solo pod. I think this is the second solo pod I've done in the past couple of weeks, so feels kind of good. I don't know. I miss talking to the dudes, but it is what it is. So I'll rock the solo pod, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, hopefully I don't bore you too much just talking by myself, but we're going to try to make it fun. We're going to make it enjoyable. We do have some NBA news to dive into, and this is kind of the perfect time for me to record a solo pod because my goal was right now to be playing some Call of Duty, but a 40 gigabyte update for this game has me waiting forever apparently everyone else in the known universe is downloading the update for call of duty right now as well 
which means my download speeds are downloading in kilobytes per second. So it's literally like trying to fill the ocean by putting droplets of water in it. It's just taking freaking forever and driving me nuts. So we will record this, and hopefully by the time I'm done, maybe my game will be downloaded or at least close enough to download it. So with that being said, we got some NBA news to dive into, uh, some reporting over Wednesday and Thursday from Adrian Wojnarowski of of ESP, almost said of Twitter.com, of ESPN.com. I mean, Woj is of Twitter.com too, right? Like, let's be honest, Woj is most known for the Woj bombs on Twitter. But Woj has reported a few things um, that I wanted to touch on. First is some skepticism of some of the players on the 22 teams that are returning to play in Orlando, some skepticism from those players about returning to play. And when I read this, I was like, okay, yeah, of course some people would be skeptical. But then Woj reported that it's he's heard that there have been multiple dozen players on calls talking about their concerns. Now, Woj said specifically that those concerns hadn't been brought officially to the MBPA yet, hadn't been brought officially to Adam Silver, but players are talking, and some of them are questioning returning to play. Now, this was interesting to me, and it seems like a few reasons why they were skeptical. A few of the major concerns, those were the threat of COVID-19, which I can totally understand, and I want to break down in just a second. The family issue, you know, they're going to be quarantined and not be with their families. Um, The issue with how strict the bubble will be. And then they also mentioned social justice. So let's kind of jump through those in order real quick. First off, some of the players seem to be concerned about going back to play in Orlando and contracting COVID-19. And I have to say, in no way, shape, or form at all, do I blame anybody for that fear because I'm fearful of it as well. I mean, you guys who are regular listeners of the podcast know, cause I've mentioned it multiple times that I teach public education for a living. I have to be back on campus in two months. And that's kind of frightening to me with this virus still out there, uh, still easily transmiss- transmittable. That's the word I'm looking for. It's frightening. So I can't imagine these players being skeptical about going back to play and being around all those people. Now, those players are in great health. They are in the age group that they would be safe, most likely. Um, They're going to get tested every day. And so those things, I think if any players are worried about getting sick, those are a lot of things to kind of quell that, that anxiety, right? Is they are like elite of elite as far as, like the human body is concerned. They are all young. You know, almost all of them are under 35 years old, most of them under 30 years old. And you're going to get tested every day. So you're probably going to be pretty safe. Uh, the next one was the family issue. And I think this might be an, uh, a problem for a lot of guys who I, I can't really blame them for this either. Now, Woj mentioned that the, the concern kind of revolved around players who were on teams that weren't going to go deep in the playoffs. But, I mean, it would suck to have to leave your family for that long, man. Like, so Woj broke it down in an article today. Let me see if I can find it real quick. All right, so Woj said that 
14 of the 22 teams returning to play will be out of the bubble within 53 days, and only four teams will remain in the bubble after 67 days. So I I think the NBA heard these concerns and are trying to comfort some of these players, saying the the whole entire thing is going to take maybe a max of 82 days, but some players are going to get in and then get out rather quickly uh, because... You know, if you're the Washington Wizards, if you're the San Antonio Spurs, if you're the Phoenix Suns, you're showing up, you're playing those eight games, and then you're probably heading home because you're not making the playoffs. So for a vast majority of the guys that are going to be down there, they're not going to be away from their families for a crazy extended period of time. Also, the NBA has talked about after the first round, letting players' families come into the bubble as players from other teams who have been eliminated leave. And I think that could also quell some of those concerns because maybe you can't go home, but you can bring your family down to Disney World. Now, imagine bringing your children to Disney World and them not being able to go on the rides or anything. I'm sure that'll be a fun conversation to have with the with the kids. But the idea is I, I can understand not wanting to be away from your family that long from being locked up kind of in a confined area. With that being said, that confined area is Disney World. They have access to the to large portions of the res- the resort, the restaurants, the golf courses, the pool. Um, I mean, they're going to be waited on uh, day and night. So as far as quarantines go, it's not a bad one. It's not like me being quarantined in my house from March until May 1st and, you know, never leaving and, and having like a very, I mean, my house isn't tiny, but. You guys get what I'm saying. Like, if you had to pick a place to be quarantined at, having it be Walt Disney World where you can get a coronavirus test every day isn't the worst place to be quarantined. Players also mentioned they were worried about coming back due to the political climate in the United States as far as social justice is concerned. Now, that's an interesting one to me. And, you know, I don't have the right to say they should or shouldn't want to come back in the middle of all this. Um, you, you know, there's, I've mentioned it before in this podcast, the political unrest in this country right now is based around civil rights for black Americans, civil rights for people of color, uh, equal police treatment, et cetera, et cetera. And most of the players in the NBA are, are people of color, right? So they not only does it directly affect them, but the voice and the platform that they have allows them to be conduits of change in all of this. We've seen LeBron James starting a voting initiative and trying to uh, encourage people to vote. Uh, they're trying to get people registered to vote and trying to bring light to situations like down in Atlanta where people were waiting eight or nine hours in line to cast their ballot, which blows my freaking mind. So LeBron James has taken on a very active role in this. We've seen guys like Jalen Brown leading marches. We've seen Steph Curry leading marches. We've seen Dalla Dame out there leading marches. This is this is bigger than basketball for a lot of them, right? And going down to Disney World, they can't actively take charge of those things anymore. And I think that's a point of contention. And it's something that I can empathize with. I can understand. Sometimes there's stuff more important than your job, stuff more important than basketball. And for a lot of people, this is that thing. And so my only concern, and and this isn't me questioning 
these players that don't want to come back due to the social stuff that's going on in our country right now. This is me genuinely having ignorance and not knowing, but I'm not sure what they can do outside of Disney world that they couldn't do during their free time in Disney world. Right. If it's, um, obviously they can't go to marches. Uh, they can't be at state capitals and things like that. But I think part of what these NBA players are so good at is using their social platform as far as like social media, using their voice, going out, getting on like the Woj pod or the Zach Lowe pod or whatever, and talking about these things and bringing awareness. And they'll be able to do that while in the bubble. So me personally, I don't understand what they won't be able to do. And again, that comes from a place of pure ignorance as far as I just, I don't understand right? It's not questioning or calling out those players at all. But I can totally see where these guys are coming from with some of these issues. I would be interested to know if any of those players that are questioning coming back are players like from the Clippers, from the Lakers, from the Bucks, uh, from the Celtics, teams that have a legitimate shot at winning a title. And if any of them are big name players, like is LeBron questioning coming back? Right is Chris Paul, is Shea Gilgis Alexander. That would be interesting to know, but obviously that that's a private thing and, and they're allowed to have those opinions and they don't have to come out publicly about them. So but some big news regardless about the NBA and some of these players questioning whether they want to come back and play or not. Now it looks like the NBA and the Players Association have worked out a deal where if a player does not want to return, they do not have to. And a team can replace them on their roster for this uh, Orlando bubble time. So that's one way they can get around it. They're not going to like fire the player or fine the player or anything like that. I think Woj said they won't get paid for those eight games. Um, but they're they're trying to build in. If you don't feel comfortable coming back, you don't have to. And I think that's a really good thing for the league to do. Uh, I don't think it would go over well, especially with PR, if you were forcing people to come back to work when they didn't want to come back to work because of fears of the virus or family or whatever. Uh, I, I think those are fair. And I like that the NBA is allowing them to stay home if they want and not be punished for it, right? It's not like if this was a normal season, you just decided to sit out games this is a little bit different, and so I, I'm glad the NBA is doing that. Now, on to another point of news. Woj dropped an article today talking about roster sizes and and two-way players and the, what are they calling it, the transaction window in late June, and that has some significance as far as the Thunder are concerned. The transition window that's going to be open, so, and maybe... Maybe this is out there and I'm just not understanding it. But from what I see, the teams are allowed to bring two-way players down to Orlando. But per the CBA rules, two-way players cannot play in the playoffs. So the Thunder could bring Lou Dort down to Orlando. He could play in those eight games, but then he would not be able to play in the playoffs. The only way he can play in the playoffs is if he is signed to an NBA contract. Well, the league looks like they are starting a week-long transaction window where you can sign and waive players. And so during that week, the Thunder would be able to sign Lou Dort to an NBA contract instead of a two-way deal. 
and Lou would be available for the playoffs. Now, if I were betting, I would say that is what's going to happen. Now, will the league make some exceptions and allow two-way players to play in the playoffs and not have to be on an actual NBA contract this year? I'm not sure, and and I don't know. From what I've seen, that information is not out there yet. Maybe they'll decide that. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But I think Lou Dort will be in the playoffs. If the Thunder have to sign him to an NBA contract, they'll sign him to an NBA contract. If they need to you know, just bring him down there and the league will grant them basically amnesty and let them play him and then deal with him during free agency, I think the Thunder would take that as well because it would be less of a cap hit on the cap sheet this year. But regardless, I think Lou Dort will be playing in the playoffs. Now, that signing window, that transaction window, would also allow teams to sign players that have played in the NBA this season or players that have been free agents this season who are not from overseas. So Nikola Mirotic could not be signed to a roster, but J.R. Smith could. Now, the Thunder do have an open roster spot. If they convert Lou Dort from the two-way to a regular NBA contract, that roster spot gets filled, right? So I I guess we really have to wait to see what the official ruling on the two-way guys are before we know if the Thunder have an open spot to sign somebody. My gut tells me if they can sign somebody with that roster spot, they won't. Uh, They would save it and save the money and just roll with what they have, especially with rumors that Andre Robertson might be ready to play. They're just going to roll with what they got and not sign another player. But my assumption is that they're going to have to sign Lou Dort to an NBA contract. They will do that, and that one last roster spot will go to Lou. If they do that, they can then sign a new two-way player. They already have Kevin Hervey as one of them. They could sign a new two-way player and bring that two-way player with them down to Orlando for the eight regular season games. So that might be something to watch as well. Now, before we go on, I want to take a quick moment to tell you guys about betonline.ag. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's all one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, guys, so I figured I would finish the podcast with a special little segment. I wanted to talk about Thunder players who could, quote-unquote, make the jump in Orlando. So really what I'm looking at here is what players are going to come down to Orlando and play better than they were during the regular season before we went on hiatus. Now, this type of exercise is geared towards the younger players on the roster just because they have more room to grow, right? Guys like Steven Adams, Chris Paul, uh, Danilo Gallinari, Dennis Schroeder, they don't have as much room to grow. They're closer to their ceilings 
than a lot of the younger guys are. So it just makes sense that the younger guys would be the players that are more likely to make a jump. So with that being said, I have three guys that I want to look at. First guy would be, and I've already been talking about him on the podcast here right now, Lugens Dort. Now, Lou Dort came in and started roughly 20 games for the Thunder, and he's been playing for a two-way guy, a rookie who is, what, 21 years old. He's been incredible. He's averaging six points a game, uh, almost a steal, almost an assist a game, uh, two rebounds, shooting only 30% from the three-point line, 41% from the field. But Lou has proven to be a lockdown defender in the league. He's gone up against some titans and held his own. His lateral quickness with the thickness of his body and his muscle, he is an impressive defender. And I think with this time off, being able, even if he couldn't get in the gym with other guys, being able to do things like watch film, being able to do things like work on his body, uh, maybe slim down a little bit. I don't know if he has, but I think he could slim down a little bit and still retain some of that strength. I think Lou could be a candidate to come back, hold down that starting two spot, and really be a force for the Thunder. His jump shot was starting to come along. He had a more consistent form to it. It wasn't different every time. And so if he can come back and really find that stroke, I don't think teams are going to close out hard on him. I don't think they're going to guard him tight at the three-point line. But if he can hit those shots, that will be massive, absolutely massive for this Oklahoma City Thunder team going into the eight seeding games and then into the playoffs. So I'm really anxious to see if Lou Dort, over the course of almost a three-month shutdown, can come back and make a jump and look even better. Second guy on my list, Darius Baisley. We all saw the Instagram picture. Dude's getting yoked. He's been lifting. He's been getting big. And Baisley, if you guys remember, because it's hard to remember stuff from like pre-quarantine days, at least for me, Baisley had been out for a while with that injury that was like a four to six week injury. I think it was an ankle, four to six week injury. And he was just rounding the corner to start to come back. Um, I remember I was covering a blue game right before the league shut down. And Baisley and Shea and Diallo and a few, and I think Lou and maybe somebody else was courtside at the blue game. And then afterwards, they got out on the court and started messing around. And Darius was dribbling around, shooting the ball, and his ankle looked really good. And so I think he was close to returning. Now, obviously, he's more than healthy now and working out. But Darius had been playing good basketball for a 19-year-old rookie who had come in the league really as an unknown, hadn't played college ball. He was averaging four and a half points, three and a half rebounds, half an assist, half a steal, almost a full block a game, shooting 30% from three, 38% from the field, and just super lengthy and long. Uh, had been playing great defense. I basically feel like I just said about Baisley what I was saying about Dort. But Baisley also offers the Thunder that big lengthy wing that they need. And we always see jumps from players from their first year to their second year. Now, again, those jumps come because you're in the gym all summer long with your trainer, you're putting in work, you're playing tons of basketball, and during quarantine, they probably weren't able to do that so much. So 
maybe not a huge jump, but I think Darius Baisley is definitely a candidate to go down to Orlando and to turn some heads. He's got all the intangibles. He's got all the tools. He's got a high work ethic, a high motor. He's got great mentorship on this team. I'm excited to see him get down there and see what he can do. Because right now the Thunder are playing guys at the wing like Abdul Nader, um, Hamadou Diallo, Terrence Ferguson. I wonder if Baisley can come down there. Baisley was averaging uh, how many minutes a game? 17 minutes a game. When the rotation shorten up, I wouldn't be surprised if Baisley is still in that like eight-man rotation getting significant playoff minutes just because of his size and his versatility. Also, I'm really excited to see if he's worked on his handle. If he has, that could be such a massive weapon for the Thunder moving forward. So I think Baisley could definitely be a guy that makes a jump. And then lastly, I want to talk about Terrence Ferguson. And I think Ferg's jump could be very different than Bays and Lou. And that is because of a few reasons. Ferguson's been in the league for a while. We've seen Ferguson have some really good stretches of basketball. This season has not been it. And I think a lot of Thunder fans would attribute that probably to the mental side of the game. Now, we know that Terrence Ferguson was having uh, issues in court with his baby mama and you know custody of his daughter. And that probably played a big role in how his performance was going. Then later on, it might have been during quarantine. I can't remember. I think it was. That report came out that Ferguson was being investigated uh, with a possible sexual assault charge that got dropped by the state. So dudes had a lot going on. But if you watch him on like Instagram and stuff, he seems like he's in a good place. Uh, he's with his daughter. He's working out at his house. Um, he, he's got like the weights and everything, and he's doing what he can. He might be a guy that comes back mentally in a good spot and ready to go. And if he can get back to 2018-19 Ferguson, the Ferguson we saw who was shooting 38-39% from three, who was playing hard-nosed lockdown defense, that could be really big. Because the Thunder, as we all know, and I just mentioned with Bays, they need wings. That's their one weak spot is they need wings. And if Ferg can come back and give you 10 or 15 minutes off the bench as your backup three, but they're really, really good minutes where he's not afraid to shoot the ball, where he's being very aggressive, where he has high confidence and where his mind is in the right spot, he could be great. He could be great for this team. Now, with Lou and with Baisley, I think it's more about honing those skills and physically getting better as basketball players. For Ferguson, I don't think it's as much that as it is trying to get his mind in the right spot, being aggressive, and taking his opportunities. If he can get there, I think he'll be good. I think he'll help a lot down in Orlando. I think he'll help the Thunder in the playoffs. So, with that being said, those are my three guys, my three Thunder players who may be able to uh, turn the corner or make the jump down in Orlando. Hopefully they can. Uh, I think that would make for an even more enjoyable experience for fans to see those young guys really step up and show out down there. And another thing about the long layoff. So I, I just mentioned the long layoff as a time for growth. It's also a time for health. 
I mean, Gallo looks incredibly skinny now. Uh, we know Chris Paul has been taking care of his body. The past few seasons, Steven Adams has really fallen off at the end of the year. Maybe this break is good for Steve. Maybe he's been able to really rest up, get healthy, uh, get get his body right to be able to go to battle with some of these Western Conference bigs. So all that being said, I think it all bodes well for the Thunder. I think they had a lot to gain, although this situation was crappy. I think they had a lot to gain from getting those months off, and hopefully it pays off actually on the court down in Orlando. So we will see here in about, what, a month and a half now, uh, less than a month and a half until we get the quote-unquote preseason games. The I'm going to call them warm-up games. So we're getting close, but... Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast, listening to the solo pod. I know this is a short one. It's hard to talk by yourself for a long time. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in, though. If you haven't already, I highly encourage you to go check out our podcast from Wednesday, the first episode of our Under the Bubble series, which is previewing all 22 teams coming back to play in the Disney World bubble. We have three awesome guests on to talk about the Orlando Magic, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Miami Heat. Next week, we'll have another three on Wednesday. So go tune in, check it out, get all caught up on all things NBA and all the teams before we get back to play. Thank you guys so much. Make sure you go to bluewirepods.com to find your next podcast. Check out betonline.ag. Get your free sign-up bonus. Just use that promo code BLUEWIRE. We will be back with you guys again on Monday. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask when you go out. Let's kill COVID because it's trying to come back. Put that thing back in the grave. Have a great, wonderful weekend. And as always, Thunder Up. From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required.